0: Well hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get Go Cafe and Market, where they're open twenty-four-seven for business serving hot fresh food. And Ramon, remember me? Uh, uh new guy? <laughs> New guy? I don't know. All I know is I get big timed. I get replaced first by Kevin Colbert, and then by our producer <laughs> Eddie Provident. And it's like by the end of the week, it's like I get on and my mom's like, "Who's this?"
1: This is big time, man. Come in wearing short <laughs> sleeves and everything. I'm just like, no, no, bring the old DK back.
0: <laughs> You'll have to settle for this version that's been <laughs> bouncing back and forth between cities for Stanley Cup playoffs. And on that note, Eddie himself, our, our producer, was just over at. Steelers rookie camp, uh, getting some uh, video and and, and doing some interviewing over there with these players that are in for the first time, Kenny Mm -hmm. Pickett, George Pickens, the whole class, all the undrafted free agents, and they're all together under one roof or out on one field for the first time. Moan, what's that like? That's got to be. Isn't that like like showing up at first day of college or something,
1: you know? It is. It is. It's the first day of class. Your head is on the swivel. And the biggest thing is this. You go from knowing everything you're supposed to know in college to not knowing a thing. <laughs> you know what it. I'm saying? Like <laughs> it just,
0: it, it, Everything you learned just means, well, it doesn't mean nothing, nothing. but it's, it's
1: from no, the no, standpoint no, just, of the Steelers. Basically, it's a good base. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody say, oh, that's a good base right there to start with. Because that's all that really matters, man. You go from being whether you're first round or undrafted, you still were that guy. You at least started. You at least was on somebody's watch list. You were at least scouted by somebody. You were at least somebody's mentor in college. And you come in and you're like, I know nothing. And you got (laughs) to settle in on that. It's really, I know nothing. And I remember it just being, even if I was just walking, am I walking right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, do do I call you coach or do I call you by your first name? Like, it's so, like, am I supposed to know him? Who is that guy? Is this guy? Because now they have where this rookie minicamp stuff, you can have like veterans, guys that didn't play your own practice squad and stuff like that. They're in the building. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have that. And then you'd be passing by somebody that, what does football do against any other sport for the most part? You have a mask on. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees you. So you don't know if that guy that's walking next to you is an all-pro guy or he's just like a second- or third-year dude. There's one guy in particular, I won't even say his name, but when we were my rookie year, I thought he was the man. Like, he, I thought he was the man because the way he carried himself, the way he talked in the building – he ended up getting it turns cut.
0: out he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd leave that name out of that story. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's one thing for the for the the players that get brought into this session to feel like they don't know something. Of course, they right. don't. They're get, they're getting a new coordinator. They're getting a new positional coach. New head coach. New everything. New everything. Mm-hmm. However, there's one part of this that's always fascinated, and I'm sure I've never asked you about this. I hear Mike Tomlin repeatedly use the term NFL shape where he'll say, yeah, he's that kid who just came in, brought him in. He's in college shape. He's not in NFL shape. Now, there are a lot of things you can say to athletes that are, you know, borderline insulting and then outright insulting. And you can borderline insult them by saying they don't know NFL stuff or they don't Mm -hmm. think the game at an NFL level. But then there's talking about their physical shape
1: and their conditioning. What does he mean by that? And did you hear it? Um, Physical conditioning precedes anything else. You've heard that said time and time again. So the thing about being in NFL shape is this. In college, it's all gas, no brakes. It really is. It's all gas, no breaks. Running, jumping, sprinting, lifting, class, life. Running, j- repeat, R- rinse and repeat. When you get to the NFL, it's different. You can come in as your body type, and that's fine. It's totally cool. But what he means by getting in NFL shape—that is body, but it's also mind, and it's also understanding that it's a it's a it's a nice pace jog on how you got to navigate the season. Like, the thing that I always focused on was make sure, like, my, my cardio was up. But then it's the strength. The other part of it is you want to make sure you're doing enough as far as your, your conditioning, your NFL body, to where that you last more mentally than it is physically. You that know, if sense. you can, if yep. you can mm-hmm. tell somebody you're not, you're not an NFL shape, well, one, that's probably conditioning. Because you're running as if it's a sprint. And that's what college is. Why? Because you got so many backups. You know, the way they play offenses now so quick, so fast, so quick, so fast that, look, you got an opportunity either going to be off the field or not. But it's also the idea that you're not in NFL shape because you don't know how to go against this 32-year-old Cam Hayward. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got to mentally sharpen yourself for that. You got to physically sharpen yourself for that. I'll tell you, case in point, the one guy they're probably going to put up on the board, not necessarily on the board, but he's going to be put on notice. I'll give you two guys, Najee. Who he already looks like he looks good, right? You know who the mm-hmm. other one is, Dan mm-hmm. Moore. Oh, Dan I mean, Moore's is th- going. I mean, to my eyes, see,
0: this is what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, Najee's obvious. I mean, Najee just showed up here. He's he's just a brick house. Yeah, he
1: looks like it. But, yeah,
0: but to my eyes, from the standpoint of a a, a, a prototypical NFL left tackle, yeah. okay, Dan Moore is he? I mean, he's not Jonathan Ogden. Okay. no, no one is. Uh, Nor is he Andrew Whitworth. Okay. Mm -hmm. those two guys had different builds, but (laughs) but he's he's in shape. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just look at him and you just you're not wondering, hey, man, is, you know, what's with all the cheeseburgers or whatever? You know what I mean? No,
1: no. But that's the thing about him. You're going to want him to look just a little bit more refined. And it ain't even got to be a lot. Another one, Pat Frymuth. He is another guy. I remember watching Lady You're, you're just going at
0: the second year, guys. Look at you. You're but, talking because, about. Because you, why, why is it? that But this is the question that I'm asking you, Moan. Why well, is it? Go ahead. Right. The, 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 no. Go ahead. The coaches. <laughs> We're working <laughs> the, back and forth. Let's do it. Go ahead. Go why, ahead. Why is it that NFL coaches seem to think that you can't be in NFL shape until the second year?
1: Because that's your first year not having college classes. That's your first year having money in your pocket. That's your first year being around a bunch of other guys that you should have been taking notes of to see what they do. That's what That was the first thing he would tell them. Young guys, look around the, mo- the room at the men that will work. That's what you need to be doing. Because if you see what they've done, then you got to understand that you need to copy that. And if you're smart enough to copy what they're doing and you have the talent, that plays a part in it also. Then you're going to be able to stay around in this league, or that's one thing that they can't knock you off of. They can't say you didn't come in ready, because as easy as our strength and conditioning test is, sometimes guys still fail that because they're not NFL ready. Like I said, they I've train all gas, yeah. no breaks, and they're mm-hmm. smaller guys for the most part because it's more visible. Again, I go up the one and two year guys because that is the biggest jump you need to make as far as being a pro, especially you? if you played. Yes, did you? I did. Like, I went from like playing a, like four games. Yes, I went from playing four games to playing starting, I think, 12 the next year in the Super Bowl run. You know, so that's what's expected. I was more conditioned body wise, mind wise, understanding wise to handle that next year. Because if I wasn't, they were going to find somebody else. You know that, DK, oh, yeah. especially while you're young.
0: Oh, yeah, because they can still they can still rule you out. Yeah. You know? And with the undrafted guy, there's there's almost a propensity to do that.
1: Or, or you know, other guy, I bring him up again, like the the guy they drafted in the third round. My fr- my rookie year, they let go of him in year two because he wasn't in if he wasn't an NFL shape, according to the Steelers.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess this is a camp where they can impress that and nutrition, which is another point I definitely shouldn't leave out. I know this is yeah. not necessarily the most scintillating football fair um, for 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 people who are watching or listening, but. This is what happens at these things. So when Mm -hmm. I I know we get a lot of questions um, at our company, how does so-and-so look? How are they? How are you know, who looks good to you out there? They're not doing anything. Uh, You know, according to Eddie, who just came back from Steelers rookie camp, uh, you know, it's just a lot of little, you know, Kenny Pickett was throwing some 10 yard passes to running backs and it's mostly even the Steelers label it as a Mm walkthrough. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's not. They're not performing. There's not something that you'd see where you'd go, "Whoa, that turned out to be a great draft pick." You have no idea. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's the beginning of. Is indoctrination a negative word?
1: Yeah. No, it's not. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what it is. You're, you're becoming a stealer. Yep. You're at least putting, be having your your, yourself put into a position Mm -hmm. where you can become a stealer. Yep. Hundred percent. When we come back. Those who already are Steelers had their schedule released last night. We're going to go over that.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow.
0: Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and a rather ragged episode of the Ramon Show. Thanks to one guy who's having a hard time speaking today. Ramon, the Steeler schedule came out. Did you stay up and watch that last night?
1: Uh, DK, I wish Nobody I does this. No, no, why? It's okay. so, it's ridiculous. Uh, except for the extreme planners. The ones that get the schedule, look and see when they're going to fly out, book hotels and stuff like that. For those people, uh, I actually have a lot of respect for too. They've had
0: that for months, though. I'm talking, the public release of the schedule is like, you already know all the teams. It's just yeah. a matter of what order they're in. So what you're looking mm-hmm. for usually is sequencing. Like, is there a stretch where there's a bunch of bad teams where you can kind of, you know, get on a little bit of a roll? Uh, do you face a bunch of divisional opponents? or are there right. long trips? Well, the Steelers don't leave the Eastern time zone. We knew that beforehand. And... You know, this the schedule is what it is. They open at Cincinnati. Let's start with yeah. that. What What are your feelings on on, on opening up Whew. against the AFC champions? And boy, does that sound
1: weird? It does sound weird. Um, they got to come ready. They got to They got to jump off the, the 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 bus hot and ready to go. Simply because it's at Cincinnati. Them fools are going to have every friggin' celebration in the world because of, they probably bring the Lamar Hunt trophy out. Ew. Joe Burrow is going to be the last one to come out of the tunnel. They're probably going to set the field. As you can see, Like I'm rubbing my head because they really they think they have a good team. And honestly, it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. But that game is very crucial, man. Um, but I'll say this. Cincinnati is on notice, though. Because when you are at the head of the class, what happens, DK?
0: Oh, yeah. They're coming for you. Everybody. They're coming for you. Not just the AFC North teams. No,
1: exactly. And I say that to Cincy fans in the sense of just be humble until you know you are those guys. Yeah, they're okay? not going to
0: do that. That's not going to happen. I know it's I mean, not going to they, they, they They've had nothing for so long that all of a sudden to have that much, yeah. you know, different world.
1: But the way the schedule's set up, though, you get them and then you get New England in week two. And both Mm -hmm. of those are one o'clock games also. You really get an early understanding of where the Steelers are going to be at.
0: I I, I would include the third week in that. I I, I, I like including the night game at Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, Regardless of what we think of the Browns, they and their fans think very highly of themselves and them. And that's, you know... I think between the, having the two Ohio games, yeah, right off the bat, there meaning two out of the first three, and then having Belichick in between, you're gonna know. Like to, to, to quote you just now, basically, you're gonna know a lot about this team and this offense. I think specifically right away,
1: and and you don't necessarily. And this is how I would look at it, honestly. If I was a player, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. I would say we don't get a break, we don't get a breath until week four, Jets. If yeah. we're just being completely honest about where the teams are, only good thing about Cleveland this early with them is maybe Deshaun suspended still, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that factor of like we look at as a player, where are the stretches, how how long are we at home or how long are we on the road? And honestly, this schedule is broken up enough, to, or you really got only two game stretches of either on the home at home or on the road everything else there are no three game sketches uh stretches of being on the road or at home it's a great balance of it but it all comes down to also the time and the opponents too like you got Buffalo at Buffalo then you got Tampa and then you got a at Miami at night and I'm hoping that the guys are very conditioned as we just talked about football conditioning going down to Miami only grace they get is a 820 uh Sunday night game
0: yeah there's a time to chance to sleep in
1: That and the heat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's what I was speaking of the heat and humidity. They get a night game in Miami, which could be awesome. Then come right back to go to Philly. So, uh, Philly will be interesting. They just got A.J. Brown. Uh, Javon Hargraves is still there. They got Jalen Hurts. I mean, this. The
0: Eagles are not one of those that you put in the bad pile anymore. I really believe that.
1: No, they're not. Or if we're being real, Buffalo, Tampa, Miami got a whole lot of weapons. I just, I'm not overly sure about the quarterback.
0: yeah, right. It, it's 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 tough. You know what? One thing that's neat about this schedule. What's that? The Steelers are maxed out on primetime games. You you yeah. can't be you can't be put on more than five. And the last I checked, Ben Roethlisberger is not on the roster anymore. This, this team, man? I know, but it's it's about this franchise and it's about the ratings that they oh. get because the Steelers Nation is everywhere. That's why. That's I love a it. neat thing, Moan. Not everybody. A, by the way, I don't know for anybody who thinks that this happens to every team, no. it doesn't.
1: Listen, we've been to coast to coast and I love this fan base. I would, I effing love this fan base. Just if you never knew that from Jacksonville all the way to Seattle, that's both ends of the spectrum, right? That is filler nation is there. And I feel like that's what this, this is like, I would ask the question, what game are you willing to travel to? You know, like, that's where I'm at with this. Miami, that would be frigging phenomenal to go to. I hadn't seen Atlanta, uh, their new stadium. I would go to that one, too. And any one of the interdivisional games, like Baltimore being on the last half of the season, that's going to be huge for this team, too, especially with the last one being it is, in Baltimore.
0: Steelers fans won't be filling that place. No, nah, okay, that That's not what? how it is. <laughs> I'll tell you, well, that's one thing. They defend their house, man, hey, meaning dude, the fans.
1: When we won there... Uh-huh. It's, it was always a celebration. It wasn't a walk in. Let me take myself off. It was a bunch of music playing and just right.
0: But it, you were the only noise in the stadium. That's my point. Yeah, OK, because yeah. the rest of it is stone silent. It's different. <laughs> but you know, it'd be interesting to see the... is how many of those seats at Paul Brown Stadium Steelers fans can scoop up right after the Bengals go to the Super Bowl and let's welcome our conquering heroes home. And they come out and they see. 40,000 40,
1: towels in their faces rabbit tiger they got coming on the field at some point oh. <laughs> don't get me started I'm tired <laughs> of hearing about them already DK. Better than but-
0: the, the beer that they throw at you uh,
1: five primetime games take that
0: five primetime games for Mitch Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers I like it when we come back hey Moe Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, and it's time for our Hey, Moan segment, and this one comes from uh, Siobhan Grant, who asks, Hey, Moan, here's a question. How do you prioritize character and how someone adds to the heart of a position group versus their talent? Wow. Ooh. That's pretty deep.
1: That's that's, that's really deep. Well, I, the thing I, is, I'll, is, is I'll... I don't
0: know if Siobhan is asking how the Steelers prioritize it versus how you might prioritize it as a member of the position group? Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I, I was—I just made it more for, complicated. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I was only there for eleven years, so I got—I to, hope I know what it means because I've seen a lot of guys stick around, right? You know, be- because of those things, like uh, Hokey Bro, he—he he was a, a hard guy. He—he he was a guy that made his way because he did all of those things that kept that group together. You knew where he was going to be. You knew he was going to be a team guy, and, but you could also say, well. Hulk could have been replaced because this, this, or that. I um, also look at me. You know, it being one of those dudes like a heart like you had to see me actually play instead of the athletic side of it. Come out. Although I am a big athlete also. OK, but yeah, uh, <laughs> if you do say
0: so yourself,
1: I, I, and oh, I by do. the way,
0: I, I'm just just to jump into Chris Hoke's defense here. He could
1: play, too. Yeah, no, know? he could play. But okay. you'd almost see Hokey and be like, oh, no. What are you doing but, here? <laughs> yeah, What are you doing here? And, and Hokey my was towel. A I'll tell you this, though. Don't piss Hokey off. No, he no. would turn it on, man. But if Also, if you,
0: also the second nicest guy in the room. Easily. Okay? Easily the second nicest guy in the room. Because this guy, was, just stand up and have that big smile on his face. Yeah, what do you like, need?
1: Yeah. What bro. do you need, DK?
0: Yeah. What do you nah, need?
1: Like I said, you could throw me in there. You can throw him in there. You can throw a, a bunch of the guys that's actually walked through those hallways. And I'll say this. If you listen to the Kevin Colbert conversation, One thing that I saw people saying was this. You see why the Steelers have a family first approach to it. You hear it come out of Cav. I I honestly think, and you guys tell me if you think he was lying or he was falsifying his statements and everything that he was saying. But you got a sense of just being very genuine about the job, which to me. The day that I started creating a relationship with Kev, it's always been that he would be blunt with you, he would be upfront with you, he would be very honest about his approach, and you get that from Coach T, you get that from the coaches, you get that from the front office, just in general. Like I've heard of people being in places to where it's more they play mind games with you to where you don't know where you are. So when you say you get you're getting and keeping guys because of you know them being basically glue guys. I think every family has to have that. Every business has to have that. And almost every team have to have those type of guys, too. When people have asked me, what is the whole, you know, what's the whole
0: Steelers thing? What is the mystique or the way or whatever it is? The answer that I that I give them can sometimes be a little unsettling for them, because I'll say on one hand, I'll say that it's 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 about being real. It's about being authentic, which is a very Pittsburgh thing. Incidentally, we're not really BSers here. Okay. Right. I mean, that, I'm not. That's not. Not that's not the Steelers. That's just the city. But the Steelers. I, I, I try to explain this without giving examples because the examples can be pretty stark. Right. But they are just so blunt and open and mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. to the point where if you're used to coming from a place whether it's another football team or another city where you're used to being just kind of told what you want to hear and go yeah. get a kid and whatever else here <laughs> and then you show up and you're with the Steelers and they're just telling you what you actually are yeah. okay <laughs> yeah and and, and and it makes a difference doesn't it
1: it does so. So when uh, Siobhan asks about you know do you prioritize prioritize character and how someone adds to the heart of a group, I think hands down every group has that guy. Every team I've been on with the Steelers have had that guys or those guys also. You know, so I, I think that's just part of what do you want to call it the makeup of what Pittsburgh Steelers is. You got to and, and of course every franchise has their blemish as far as missing out on the guy. You don't know this guy's an abuser. You don't know this guy has issues out of. Everybody misses, you know, when it comes down to it. But in general, the guys I've ran across in that locker room, on that field, have have always been dudes I kick it with, you know, like a good teammate. You don't have to worry about somebody. I always say you're big time with somebody. That doesn't happen in our locker room. So the character aspect of it is brought in because of what you heard from Kevin Colbert. So if you hadn't heard that conversation, I would say go check that out and you hear that come out of him.
0: If you have not seen or heard uh, Ramon's interview with Kevin Colbert that ran earlier this week, we're going to pin it to the top of uh, both the YouTube channel and on DK Pittsburgh sports. So you have a chance to go back and, and, and just don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's, it's really good stuff. Uh, Mona, I haven't had a chance to ask you like, what was that, that part of it like, you know, I mean, this is the guy that was, you know, this is the guy that brought you into the NFL and here you are interviewing him.
1: <laughs> it was good, man. And what I was, um, it was good to have, like we've had those conversations before, not on camera and then that much depth because he gave a lot in that, in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was kind of surreal. Like, how do you, I think it spoke a lot about what he thought about me because he, he did say that this is the last interview Ramon. I'm only doing it because of you, He's like, and then I'm disappearing. That, that showed me the respect aspect of it. I always tell you, I don't know my appreciation. You know what I'm saying? Because I just head down and hear Kev have conversations with me. And not just that, but unlock himself to just disclose his methods of doing work. It was a real cool moment. And I'll be real. I was I was nervous. I was you know just like, what? No.
0: I, I wanted to say that. And I was going to be nice and leave it out.
1: <laughs> no, you, you were you
0: were. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, do grading and whatever else here, but you were just like through the whole thing. You're like, okay,
1: Kevin, I
0: know, but I totally get that though, because again, this guy is as human and as down to earth as he is in your life and career yeah. was larger than life for 11 yeah. years. And now yeah. you're just like, Hey Kev, you know, <laughs> and it's just it, I, I could yeah, I could see you weren't you weren't this. Let's put it I, that way. No,
1: I wasn't because I wanted to give our fan base and people who listen outside of our fan base too mm-hmm. something that they don't get. How many times and you with did? DMs,
0: and you did. You delivered on that.
1: And I wanted like I'll tell anybody. I love to have a good time. A good time. I laugh. I joke. We were joking before I came on. He's like, all right, well, you know, it's one of those things. Nah, like nah, that's, that's me. But, but that's I, I'll cool. say this. I like to be a show and have a good time, but I never want to be, when I'm in this role, a clown. And with Kev on here, I wanted to give everybody what they were looking for. But how, because how which many was times him. have which was him? Which was him. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, and, and that's it's, what it's, it was, I was respectful. For.
0: Yeah, it was yes. respectful. And and I think that's part of that's part of what was what was wonderful about the dynamic there is that people knew that you could get real stuff out of him. And at the same time, even though it's the Ramon Foster show, you were just like you're just like, hey, you know, today it's the Kevin Colbert
1: show. A hundred percent, man. And and of course, you want to be able to give him his platform, his stage so that he can bow out properly. And that's what that's, I think we all were looking for.
0: I'll tell you this. As many times as I interviewed him and I'm like the professional here, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd never gotten that kind of stuff. And you know, I was it was really, really good. It was good. Anyway, thanks to everybody for watching, listening, uh, putting up with our various scheduling mishaps and all that else that's gone into this week. Uh, really appreciate it uh, Moan have yourself a wonderful weekend got baseball and it'll be sunny let's go Moan's always at the field. see you guys